This is P. Andrew Sandlin, founder and president of the Center for Cultural Leadership. Throughout Christian history, two basic conceptions of spirituality have been a part of the Christian church. I'd like to designate them earthy and ethereal. Or, I could use the expressions Hebraic and Hellenic. God created man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the uh, spirit, the breath of life, and in this way man became a living being. From the very beginning, God fellowshiped with, communed with man by coming down and entering the garden. We can only imagine the intensity of the uh, level of that uh, intimate fellowship, the uh, sovereign triune loving God with uh, the pre-fall man and woman. Man and woman fell, but uh, God set in uh, process a plan of redemption that would culminate, of course, in the atoning death and glorious resurrection of his son, prefigured in the sacrificial system of the Old Testament. Man even then was called to be spiritual. A spiritual in biblical terms means governed by the Spirit of God. We please God when we are governed by His Spirit according to His Word. The Hebraic view of spirituality is very creational. It's very attached to the created world. In the uh, Older Covenant era, the most uh, intense and demonstrable way that a man called on the name of the Lord was by building an altar. Uh, a very uh, tactile, pinchable, uh, empirical, localized source of spirituality. When God encountered man, man in almost all cases fell on his face before God, right there on the ground. He didn't merely think deep spiritual thoughts. The most important covenant of the Old Testament era is the Abrahamic covenant. The three main provisions of that covenant that God made with Abraham and his descendants was first that God would be a God to him and his descendants, second that he would give him a seed, a very physical seed, and third that he would give that seed a land. Again, a a very physical, uh, touchable land. God gave his instruction, his Torah, his law to those people, and uh, it was very earthy. The ceremonial elements included uh, bringing an animal, usually a lamb or a goat, and offering a sacrifice uh, with very physical blood that pointed uh, to the physical blood of Christ that would be poured out on the cross. The final sacrifice for sin, of course, many centuries later. The instruction, the law, uh, included regulation uh, not just of uh, non-material things, like uh, love in the heart, love toward God, uh, not coveting, not hating one's brother or sister in his heart, but also uh, very uh, tactile physical things. How to relate to uh, sex and food and uh, wealth and uh, animals and uh, creation, what we would today call the environment and uh, war, and uh, particularly uh, how to treat one another. This spirituality was never identified with a merely vertical and uh, non-material, intense relation to God of which this uh, present created world had no part. 
Rather, spirituality would have been defined as uh, loving and serving God under the power of the Spirit within and uh, deeply uh, enmeshed in God's uh, created order. This uh, earthy spirituality uh, persists into the new covenant order after uh, Christ's atoning death and resurrection fulfilled and replaced the Old Testament sacrifices. This is clear in a number of places. In Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2, for example, Paul declares that we are to give our bodies a living sacrifice, that is an ongoing sacrifice, uh, entirely devoted to the Lord. Our bodies, he says, that is the totality of our being, not merely a, an alleged interior soul, which is more of a pagan Greek idea. The New Covenant persists in stressing uh, the... Uh, creational institution of marriage and its uh, inescapable physical element uh, as uh, an aspect of spirituality given and surrendered to the Lord. And the same is true of the church, which is never defined as uh, invisible, but as a very visible body uh, of which one is a member. The ordinances or sacraments of uh, baptism and the Lord's table are visible and tactile uh, signs and seals of the covenant, whereby uh, God brings the realities of uh, grace given in his Son uh, in very visible ways to our senses and signifies and seals these truths to us. Specific New Testament instruction tells us how to eat and uh, how to engage uh, properly and cleanly in sex and uh, how to use our wealth, and uh, how and when to use uh, court systems, and much else. Biblical spirituality, Hebraic spirituality, is uh, neither exclusively non-material nor exclusively material. Every aspect of man's life, all aspects of those who are bought with the blood of Christ, are to be surrendered to the Lord and used for His glory. This is earthy spirituality. But now let us turn to the second conception that has been there almost from the beginning, certainly in the patristic era, that is the era beginning not long following the conclusion of the New Testament, and that is the ethereal, or I could say the Hellenic conception of spirituality that is uh, based largely on uh, prominent uh, philosophical ideas in the ancient Near East. It's really rooted in elements of Greek philosophy and of the Greek philosophers, perhaps none more than uh, one of the most famous, uh, Plato. Of course, the other is Aristotle. But for these Greek philosophers, uh, they looked around at the world and they saw a great deal of uh, evil and chaos and error. And for them, that problem is rooted in the materiality, the material order. And if man could just escape from this material order, then uh, he could escape from all of his problems. Uh, the extreme of that position is the first uh, ancient heresy that persists to this day, Gnosticism. It wouldn't be correct to say that Plato was a Gnostic, although there were certainly common elements in these two. For Plato, the true world was the world of the ideas. That is, that there is uh, in uh, an eternal world of forms, 
we would say just in a very basic sense that uh, though we see, for instance, a chair uh, in uh, this world, a physical chair, there is an eternal idea of a chair or chairness uh, of which these physical forms, uh, or which these physical manifestations are uh, mere material expressions. The idea or the ideal uh, is eternal and everything in the created world is a secondary and uh, derivative of these eternal ideas. Well, uh, significant sections of the early church, particularly the Alexandrian, uh, were heavily influenced by Greek philosophy and uh, particularly those early apologists who wanted to make Christianity uh, acceptable to uh, the educated people of the time. Uh, this is precisely, by the way, how Protestant liberalism began with the first romantic liber, Friedrich Schleimacher, in his uh, famous book, Speeches uh, to the Cultured Despisers of Christianity. The cultured and the educated in the ancient world, too, despised uh, Christianity and its old-fashioned notions of sin and uh, Jesus and his human body dying in a cruel way, physically on a cross, and rising from the dead in a very physical body. And uh, they wanted to stress that uh, the truly enlightened ones are the ones who could escape from this uh, material world. Well, unfortunately, a number of church fathers adapted this view and incorporated it into Christianity. And so spirituality became uh, ethereal. Even otherwise, the sound church fathers like Augustine held that sin came from concupiscence, uh, the desire for uh, intercourse and sexuality, and they looked on uh, human sexuality as a necessary evil, despite the fact that God created it to be very good, as is quite clear in Genesis 1 and 2. The medieval church developed a very impoverished, no pun intended, view of money, and economics, and uh, although the papacy grew very, very wealthy, there was this second and uh, parallel emphasis on uh, poverty, that the truly spiritual ones were the ones who had very little. The most spiritual, uh, spiritual of all were uh, monks who uh, sequestered themselves in a monastery or uh, nuns in a nunnery who renounced as much as, as far as possible, the created order, so they could be truly spiritual and close to God. Uh, this entire impulse has come down into the, right down into the 21st century, such that uh, a number of uh, Christians today believe that the most spiritual ones are the ones who avoid wealth and, uh, are quite, uh, poor, or at least relatively poor, uh, relatively poor in contemporary terms, or avoid all alcoholic beverages and not just drunkenness, as the Bible demands, who look on education in matters highly related to this created order, like uh, science and uh, history and a great deal of uh, philosophy and economics and technology as being worldly, while thinking that uh, the only things truly spiritual are what happens in church on Sunday between 11 and 12, this is a modern uh, exhibition of the ancient ethereal conception of spirituality. 
Of these two, there is one that is biblical, and that is the earthy Hebraic view of spirituality, rather than the ethereal Hellenic. By Hellenic, I mean the Greek, ancient Greek uh, view of spirituality. The ethereal view, while uh, seeming to be spiritual in its own eyes, actually is not spiritual, but uh, in effect denies the lordship of Christ in all areas of our life. It wants Jesus to be Lord of our thought life, for example, and Lord of church on Sunday and Lord of our prayer life, as certainly he should be, but uh, not Lord of our money and Lord of uh, economics or education or science or entertainment or music or architecture or journalism or politics. Uh, somehow that's supposed to be worldly. Uh, the reason this is, these things are so worldly in today's sinful world is precisely because Christians have denied that they are a legitimate aspect of spirituality. In the biblical conception, uh, if Jesus is not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. And they have compromised the Lordship of Jesus Christ. According to Philippians, Jesus Christ came and died and was ascended in his reigning, so that in all things, not just uh, a limited number of non-material things, he should have the preeminence. I urge you, therefore, to abandon the uh, quite popular but severely misguided ethereal and Hellenic spirituality and embrace the uh, biblical spirituality, the earthy uh, spirituality that the Bible demands. This is P. Andrew Sandlin, ChristianCulture.com.